Welcome to Words and Ways, a mini podcast from Young Life, where our goal is to get to know and become more like Jesus each day. One of the best ways to do this is to spend time in God's Word. But sometimes, the stories in the Bible get so familiar that we might stop expecting to see and learn new things. So join us each week as we dive into Scripture, believing that there's always more to see, always more to learn, and always more to experience. Mark chapter 1, verses 9 through 11, and Matthew chapter 4, verses 1 through 11. One day, Jesus came from Nazareth in Galilee, and John baptized him in the Jordan River. And as Jesus came up out of the water, he saw the heavens splitting apart and the Holy Spirit descending on him like a dove. And a voice from heaven said, You are my dearly loved Son, and you bring me great joy. Then Jesus was led by the Spirit into the wilderness to be tempted there by the devil. For forty days and forty nights he fasted and became very hungry. During that time the devil came and said to him, If you are the Son of God, tell these stones to become the loaves of bread. But Jesus told him, No, the Scriptures say, People do not live by bread alone, but by every word that comes from the mouth of God. Then the devil took him to the holy city, Jerusalem, to the highest point of the temple, and said, If you are the Son of God, jump off, for the Scriptures say, He will order his angels to protect you, and they will hold you up with their hands so you won't even hurt your foot on a stone. Jesus responded, The Scriptures also say, You must not test the Lord your God. Next, the devil took him to the peak of a very high mountain and showed him all the kingdoms of the world and their glory. I will give it all to you, he said, if you will kneel down and worship me. Get out of here, Satan, Jesus told him. For the scriptures say, you must worship the Lord your God and serve only him. Then the devil went away and angels came and took care of Jesus. Jesus' baptism feels like a showstopper scene, doesn't it? The Holy Son of God approaches his wildly weird cousin and asks to be baptized in the local river. And then as he dramatically rises up out of the water, a heavenly dove descends and a heavenly voice thunders. At least, that's how we often imagine it. The crowd breathlessly watching as the spirit dove circles around Jesus and then dropping their jaws in shocked amazement as God's voice rings through the air. But the story hints that those were probably very personal encounters for Jesus, and that only he saw the dove and felt the Spirit's presence, and only he heard the voice say, You are my dearly loved son, and you bring me great joy. At some point, though, he must have told others about what he saw and felt and heard, because otherwise how could the story have been written down? Jesus' baptism marked the start of his public ministry but it was also preparation for the very next scene in his life, which was the complete opposite of his watery baptism, when he spent 40 days in the dry and desolate wilderness, bombarded by the voice of Satan, being tempted to follow in the sinful footsteps of so many people before him. In the Garden of Eden, the first humans were tempted to defy God through food. Well, they failed the test, and they ate forbidden fruit. Jesus was tempted to defy God through food, too, but he stood firm, and he chose obedience over bread. At the foot of Mount Sinai, 
during their own wilderness experience, the Israelites were tempted to abandon Yahweh by creating and serving false gods. Well, they failed the test, and they went full-blown crazy for a pathetic and lifeless golden calf. Jesus was tempted to abandon the one true God, too, but he stood firm and he chose fidelity to his Father over fame and glory for himself. Jesus' temptations were real, and they were powerful. If they weren't, his perfect sinlessness would be deflated and inconsequential. Where's the big accomplishment in being sinless if there had been no opportunity or temptation to actually sin? But Jesus did remain faithful where those before him failed, and that's a very big thing. But there are also some small things in this story that we shouldn't miss. The first is this. Jesus survived the devil's ensnaring words because he'd first heard and listened to the Father's loving voice. The devil said, Well, if you're really the Son of God. But God had first said, You are my beloved Son. The devil said, Prove who you are by doing X, Y, and Z. But God had first said, You do bring me great joy. If we don't listen to God first and learn to recognize his voice and trust his words, we'll be doomed when the lying voices invade and attack our hearts and minds. Most of us haven't heard God's audible voice like Jesus did at his baptism, but he still speaks to us primarily through his written word. Even Jesus turned to that while being tempted. He knew what the Hebrew scriptures said. The words were hidden in his heart and mind, ready for him to lean on when needed. Three times in the face of temptation, Jesus said, The scriptures say he used God's true word to protect and strengthen him against the devil's tempting lies. But don't miss this. The devil used scripture too. He used God's word to try and destroy God's son. Misused scripture is one of the devil's most subtly dangerous weapons, so it's not enough for us to know just a few comforting or encouraging or favorite verses. We, like Jesus, should know God's word so well that we can recognize when it's being twisted and tossed around dangerously and falsely. And there's a second small thing worth thinking about in this story, and this one is really easy to miss. Jesus was in the wilderness alone, at least alone in a human sense. The Spirit was with him, and angels attended to him afterwards, and obviously the devil was there. But there were no human reporters hanging out with their papyrus and pen to jot down all the details. No one was filming the events or recording the conversations. It was just Jesus, battling in human isolation, passing through the ultimate test before his public ministry began. Which means we have this story in our Bibles only because at some point, Jesus must have told someone about it. The same is true of other episodes in the Bible, whenever it mentions what Jesus was thinking or what he was feeling. And this is important for his followers to notice and think about. It means that Jesus didn't just teach, preach, perform miracles, and do ministry. It means he also talked to his family and friends about his life, 
about his personal experiences with his Heavenly Father, about his struggles, his growth, and his formation, if that's the right word for him. Just imagine what the conversation about his temptation must have been like. Did it happen right after he exited the wilderness? Did it happen after a few days of rest and recovery? Or did it maybe happen much later, when one or more of his followers were themselves facing intense difficulty and temptation? And maybe Jesus sat with them and told them about his own experience with the devil's lying temptations. We don't know the answer to that, but we do know that at some point, Jesus told those around him about some of his personal faith experiences, including this one. During 40 days in the wilderness, Jesus obviously experienced much more than this very short story tells us. Maybe he processed some of those other things privately. Maybe they were best kept between just him and his father. Not everything needs to be exposed and spilled out for the world to see. But in a very subtle and roundabout way, this story reminds us that the life of a disciple is not a solo life. Not even when we go through things alone. It's a communal life. It's a kingdom life. And we would be wise to share with fellow believers, thoughtfully and humbly, our own faith experiences, just as Jesus did, both for our own sake and for the sake of others. Thanks for joining us in the words and ways of Jesus. Check out the program notes for written scripts, discussion questions, and additional resources. Our hope is that the words and ways of Jesus transform your mind, fill your heart, and encourage your soul today and every day.